0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power
1: to do? Mobile
0: banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
2: Welcome, everybody, to season four, episode eight. That is so crazy. It's just flying by. Of The Psychologists Are In, I'm Maggie Lawson.
1: And I'm her podcast partner in crime, Timothy Elmitson.
2: And this week, we have got the werewolf himself joining us on the pod, Mr. Joshua Molina. We love Joshua so much. So without further ado, I say it's time to get hairy. Hi, Tim. Hey, Maggie. You've got a, you've got like a little wave. Josh, we spend the first like kind of 10 minutes just like complimenting each other on on, the, on our podcast. That's I'm, like, oh,
0: I'm delighted yeah.
1: to listen to you. You've already said Josh, nice things I haven't to me. seen you, you in a long time. Now. You also look gorgeous.
2: You look fantastic.
0: Thank you. I'm trying to grow a Tim-like beard.
2: This is pretty good for a couple of days.
1: Just to set up all our listeners for the, how exciting this episode is going to be, I found a lot of show first, I think series first in this one. In addition to our friend, our different Josh Molina being... Uh, an amazing guest star in this episode and our podcast guest today.
2: Like you were, you're so good in the episode and this episode was also really, really, really fun.
1: Sorry, Maggie. before we totally dig in, uh, what I need to ask you per our, um, our usual routine. I need to ask you a very simple question. Josh Molina, are you ready to help my dear friend Maggie and I podcast the shit out of this episode?
0: Oh, hell yeah. Yeah.
1: Then we can, then we can proceed my friend. Right on.
2: Okay. Um, This is Harthan's first episode. So let's give a giant shout out to him. And I think this was Andrew Bernstein's first episode, who did several of our episodes as well, uh, directing. Yeah. And and Andrew was
0: an AD on The West Wing. Segmental separation. Directed some episodes of The West Wing, and now he's this great, accomplished, fabulous director. My first piece of direction from him on this episode, and my first entrance, or when we were rehearsing the first scene I was going to do, I don't know if I was doing a voice or like a nerdy thing. And his first piece of direction, he said, uh, don't do that.
2: <laughs> Maybe he just wanted to have like a moment as a director since he was an AD on the West Wing and could never say anything just to like flex his muscles or something. I don't know. I would. I Maybe. I don't it. know. It
0: definitely hurt. It was, I think it was preceded with like, what are you doing? Are you doing a thing? Don't do that. And so, <laughs> really? so I didn't do that.
2: Can we hear the voice? Do you Ooh. remember it?
0: I wish I remembered. I okay. had a feeling maybe it was, uh, you know, even wa- rewatching it for this conversation. I was thinking I was channeling maybe a little bit of Woody Allen, and I might have been maybe overly Woody Allen esque. But uh, but did he pull that's you what aside I drew from Bernstein? Did he start the Don't direction with,
1: "Look, Josh, we all took a big risk hiring you for this episode." So <laughs> well, that's dot, what it felt dot.
0: like. I was like, "Wow, this is kind of embarrassing. I'm getting dressed down by my friend in front of my other friends on uh, the first day." But that's uh,
2: that's. But eventually, hilarious. he
0: took me uh, kayaking or canoeing somewhere in lovely Vancouver, and we made oh, our peace.
2: You went kayaking with Andrew?
0: Yeah, we went kayaking. It was gorgeous. It was really nice there. Yeah,
2: I noticed that during this episode. I was like, "This looks like it was warm and sunny and nice," which was rare <laughs> considering we oh, were in the it was woods. Beautiful. I got lucky. Yeah, then. you got really lucky. Wait, did anyone else go with you? We had some very funny kayak. Uh, we have very funny kayak stories on... There was
1: some kayak. Two, yeah. It was Taps. just an,
0: int- an intimate, romantic kayak for two. How lovely.
1: Was there a short lunch involved? Perhaps a nice bottle of a Chardonnay?
0: Not that I recall, although I do remember we stopped for... Uh, this is another bad memory. This is maybe how <laughs> bad my career was going. I remember stopping for lunch with him and my trying to pick up the tab and my uh, credit card got denied. Stop I, it. I, I, I want to oh. say I, I don't think it was because I was completely out of money, but something weird and embarrassing happened. Like, you know, I don't know if there have been fraud or something. And I remember having to go. Uh, oh, my this God, job came it.
1: just in the nick of time. I'll tell you, everybody. Exactly. Here, here's what the problem was. It's because you didn't let your credit card company that you were going to be out of the country.
0: That must have been it. Thank you. That's what yeah, it was. Let's go with You're that. welcome.
2: That's let's what it was. That. Um your friends for, Josh? Hilarious. It's very embarrassing on a very sweet day. Yes.
0: I feel a lot of mortification around that story.
1: So here's some fun research, Maggie. Andrew did did an episode episode season five, six, and seven.
0: Yeah, we had we we're him tired a to
1: We he didn't do eight, but he did some great episodes on the way.
0: Yeah, he sure <laughs> Very did. Very talented guy. And I have one more pre-conversation thing, which is uh I rewatched this episode on Peacock TV. And I'm I'm always delighted and incensed every time I use Peacock TV because for whatever reason I chose Dulé Hill as my icon. So like <laughs> for my account, Joshua, it's a picture <laughs> of Dulé. And I don't know why, I, d- I mean, I did that out of tribute to my friend, but it also annoys me that he's reached the level of success where, like, he's an icon on the streamer.
2: <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so funny. I can't wait to tell him this. And I think I might do the same <laughs> thing, actually. Uh, yeah, I might change mine as well. I love it. Okay. Episode 8, Let's Get Harry, written by Todd Harthan, who Yay, Todd. came on this season, yes, and James Roday-Rodriguez, Todd and James are best friends. Have been best friends since they were young, since since they were in high school. And I remember even from uh, the early days of our first Psych seasons talking about how much uh, we wanted to get Todd on the staff. And so this was like uh, this was his first season, and this episode hit it out of the park. Um, This was directed by Andrew Bernstein, who we've been talking about, and uh, Pineapple Sighting. Um, I didn't catch this. Did you catch this, Tim?
1: I don't, but I never do.
2: I don't either. Because I'm at too busy
1: he- enjoying the episodes.
2: I know. And and but I, I like I should know this now. Um, anyway, at Henry's truck competition, there's a man holding a pineapple shaped bottle. Hello. <laughs> didn't see it. Um Okay, some- cold open. Dude. It's 1989. Young Gus and young Sean wander off from their Boy Scout troop to test their real scouting skills. Oh,
1: sorry, not Boy Scout. They're, notice, they're the little, chief, li- little chiefs. Oh, oh. little chiefs.
2: Oh, okay. Cute. Um, okay, uh, that's when they hear scary noises and run right into Henry, claiming they heard werewolves. Henry explains that the mind can convince itself of almost anything when fear is involved, dot, dot, dot. Cut back to present time. Both Gus and Sean hold dolls dressed in wrestling costumes. That's when they decide it's probably the last year for the dolls yeah <laughs> psych <you think>?
1: premonition <laughs>
2: yeah oh i think this has something to do with, um, with wwe what,
1: what will develop into um learning uh james rode rodriguez's love of wrestling
2: yes and eventually um my brother uh on the show being played by uh wwe wrestler john cena Superstar oh, John Cena. Wow. Superstar, Superstar, yes. Star. Not just wrestler, yes.
1: These super, and like... Then I, you guys... Yes. You all went to some... I think you went... Didn't you go to, like, a WWE match in um, Florida at one point?
2: Oh, we didn't just go to a match. We went to WrestleMania. Not once, but twice. And it was <laughs> the craziest experience and the most fun. I remember going into it being like, what... What am I walking into? And I knew wrestling. I like grew up, you know, watching my brothers uh, loved wrestling, and but I had no idea. Um, I think they quoted the one in Florida we went to in Miami. There were like eighty thousand people. Um, There, there. I mean, is that possible? Is that can you fit that many people into a stadium? Does that number even sound correct? Or in my head, was it? I think that would be correct. Okay, great. Because that in my head, that's 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 how it registered. So it was nuts. Anyway, we had a ball. Anyway, I remember okay.
1: F- photos from that trip of delay somewhere on a balcony, in Miami, with a big old cigar.
0: hmm
1: L- Y'all were living it up in Miami style. Nice. Yeah, we had. So at the time, USA brother. was carrying WWE, and my dad was a massive wrestling fan as well, and I got to take him to I think WrestleMania in Seattle one one day, which was oh one that's of the, nice, which was oh, nice that's cool. For us. Actress Sunday, get a little, a little fringe benefit perk to take my dad to watch some wrestling.
0: Right on.
2: so cool. Um, yeah, it was really, 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 really fun. And they were so great. USA really did it up nice. So they decided it's the last year for the dolls. Then a, a man named Stuart Gimbley walks into the psych office looking hero, for help. Yay! <laughs> he mentions that he went to the police first, but was referred to Sean and Gus instead. Which is very funny because uh, that never happens.
1: Uh, sorry, a little psych degree of separation with our friend Josh. Yes. It, of course, there's he and Dulay's relationship from the West Wing. Yeah. And there was Maggie, and my relationship with Josh from the Thrilling Adventure Hour.
2: Um, oh, that's, that's yes, right. that's right. Oh my God. We had done that. I had done that once or twice, I think. Tim, you, I feel like you were more of a regular than I was, but that was some
1: that of you the and most I, fun. My you guys. first time was with you on the show as well. Right. You and I did a, did a Fantastic! A, a bit it. With um, with our dear friend Janet, Jennifer. Barney, yeah, that, and thrilling adventure. From-
0: Hour, heard people who don't know is both a podcast and it was a live, a theatrical event that would happen monthly over the course of like fifteen years. It's gone. Yeah. Now, now it's every now and then, but it's largely over. And it's uh, actors with scripts in hand doing sort of old timey radio
1: serialized comedy. Great sci-fi sci-fi the times inspired. I've ever had on a stage in LA. Well, definitely the greatest times I've ever had on a stage.
2: It was so much fun. That was so much fun. Um, it, does it still exist as a podcast?
0: Um, it does, and uh, we actually did a live show not that long ago, a few days ago. The time years,
1: I just saw Akris <gasps> oh, post. That. He was a little, um, was a little jealous that I didn't bud, but I'm not in the shape to do that. Yeah, I was disappointed you weren't there. I would even come. The, I would come and drink, drink with all you guys. There was a lot of drink involved in that show as well. Yes, yeah. there was a lot of drinking. It's
0: the, it's the rare uh, professional experience where I'm like, oh, <laughs> I can drink during it. Yeah, I can drink at work.
2: Yeah. Oh, I love. I I I it, the, everything about it was right. Like the way the, it was so fun. They it was so well organized. I mean, look, I came along very late in it, but I was like, I I I was it was an it was an absolute an ball. amazing
0: audiences many of whom would come month after month after month for years and yeah. a lot of them were there the other day and it was it was a lot of fun they would know funny. the
2: theme songs and everything it was so fun mm-hmm. okay all right so stewart wants the guys to lock him up and observe his behavior overnight he then yes tim
1: so after after um stewart tells them that he already went to the police and the police a detective sent him here and sean asked for a description of of the uh, detective, obviously, Blaster, And it's my <laughs> yeah, favorite description of Blaster ever. I've got, to, I've got to go back to my notes. Yes, my I wanted to. I here. did
2: not write down every word of it, and I, I hoped that you did, because it, it's, it's one of the funny. best ever.
1: Yeah, he says, D- imagine a um, Bob Goulet dressed like Mr. Bean playing the scarecrow in a Stumpstock production of The Wizard of Oz dedicated to Tony Randall. Yes. <laughs> Which this I think is, is our yeah. second reference to Blasseter's uh, Mr. Bean.
2: Yes, yeah. It is the second. We've had one already, but that um, made me laugh
0: on the rewatch.
2: Me too, out loud. Okay. <laughs> he then pulls out a gun with silver bullets for their protection, of course, because Stewart believes he's a werewolf. Stewart points to the newspaper with an ad <laughs> for D's nuts. <laughs> show
1: first, I believe with This I think this is a show, show first. first. Yeah. I got a lot of show first coming up, so strap in, everybody.
2: Yeah, this buckle up. A, this I think was this a is the first
1: these nuts. Uh, this
2: this is the first D's nuts of many, and it's not surprising that no one really thought about doing a D's nuts gag be- until uh, Todd came along. So Todd, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it really wasn't on tracks. anyone's radar, um, and then it was all over the radar. And then I think it's going forward in most every episode. So it's very, very, very funny. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know about you guys, but I know for me to feel my best self, I feel like it's when I'm really taking good care of myself. You know how like we're great with our friends, we take good care of them and and we encourage them to like nurture themselves and all of that. I feel like when I take my own advice, this is usually when I feel at my best, which is like, sometimes it's so simple, just sleep, rest, uh, take care of yourself, uh, be authentic When you're at your best, you can do great things, but sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you, because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. I've done therapy. I always find that, I mean, in a a simple way for me, um, it really helps me reinforce like a a healthy relationship with myself, which helps me show up better for all of my other relationships as well. I think BetterHelp, I, I think the experience of using BetterHelp is just so easy and it's like at your fingertips and then you're signed up and then they tailor everything for you and you can make it all as safe as possible. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Pineapple today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash Pineapple. Okay, so he points to uh, the ad for these Nuts, but then corrects himself and points out an article about a dead lamb. He thinks he killed the lamb last night and is worried that tonight he'll commit a crime that's even worse. And I think
1: O'Hara's face at the news of a dead lamb is, Rather door- It's rather adorable. Oh, Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he offers them three times their rate, which they readily accept, thinking this will be easy money. Then they tie Stuart up. The boys watch their wrestling game as Stuart breaks into a sweat watching the full moon rise. That's when the guys fall asleep, waking up to the sound of the window shattering, and Stuart nowhere to be found. Now it's time to get hairy. Later that night, we watch as two hunters attempt to shoot a deer, but get attacked themselves. Sean and Gus go to the police station, asking for help tracking Stewart, and walk up to Lassiter, who is wearing a monocle. Hang on,
1: I've got a <laughs> hang on before you proceed. I've got, I'm going to blow your own minds with Double Show series first series oh, first oh, look, there, coming up. Okay, first is the series first of Lassiter and the monocle. Yes, followed by the very first Lassiter. I'd rather adopt a child.
2: This is a such a classic Lasseter line. Um, the first one of this variety was I'd rather shower with a bear. Um, and now we're getting I'd rather adopt a child. It's it. I, I wrote both of those down.
1: This was the second ever I'd rather.
2: It is the second ever I'd rather.
0: And Andrew yeah. Bernstein does a great shot of uh, like the mo- through the monocle point of view. Which
2: I oh, that fish, the, like, the I was, fish thing.
1: I'm going to try it that time. You're taking my jobs from me. It. Thank you. Because wow. I meant to write that note and I didn't.
2: It was so cute. It's so cute. That actually yeah, became great. kind of an iconic shot from uh, from our um opening credits as well uh, going forward.
0: Uh, All right.
2: A psychonic, as we say on this show, Josh, because that's how cute we course, are. Of course, of
0: course. I should have, yeah.
2: <laughs> okay. Uh. Oh, yeah. So in. he's wearing an article. Uh, sorry, wearing a monocle, reading an article, Mr. Peanut style. Lasseter mentions he spoke with Stuart earlier, telling them his sister Willow runs an occult shop. He mentions they should start there first. On their way out, Sean and Gus give Juliet the gray animal hair they found after Stuart went missing and asked her to run it through the lab. That's when they arrive at the shop, <laughs> a cultipus, <laughs> where Willow tells them Stuart was bitten in the woods a few weeks ago and how he refuses to let her help him because he says he's too dangerous. Sean spots a photo of Stuart with a group of people, and Willow tells him they are in Stuart's therapy group. As Sean and Gus hop in the blueberry, Henry calls Sean requesting an emergency pack of food and water as he's competing in a contest to win a truck. Meanwhile, Stuart wakes up in the forest, naked and bloody, a few feet away. Sorry,
1: we gotta go back. Uh, slaughtered hunters. of the a cultopolis, a Occulti- cultopus. We get a throwback. It's easy for you to say. They get a uh, we get a throwback. I like to, how you say it to Gus handing over the business card. With, of course, on the opposite side is his his personal number written in pencil to show his office partnership, which we discussed in the last episode.
2: In the last episode, this, is, this was that was the beginning of the runner of the. Gus putting his number on the back and pencil and yes. Anyway, um, very cute. We saw that again. Also, uh, the D's nuts happens uh again, which we passed up in uh in the in the psych office. So I mean in the in the police station. So we're really driving that one home that it's going to be a runner for the rest of the series. Okay. Back at the station, Jules hands Lassie a file of another animal attack. And at the psych office, Sean goes through Stuart's overnight bag and finds a chewy toy for dogs a <laughs> prescription for H- I don't know how to say this. Haloperidol. Haloperidol. Sure, Did yeah, I say that right? Uh, which Gus says is a drug for schizophrenia and aggression. They go see the prescribing doctor, Dr. Ken Tucker.
0: Ken Tucker, Dr. Ken Tucker, played by David Naughton. Of yes, course.
2: Who is the yes? And and that. Made go on, famous Tim.
1: from James's favorite movie ever, American World in London. He was our, yep. our hero in American Wealth in London, which is amazing. We've got and a little fun psych separation. David's daughter became one of our regular babysitters over the years. Stop well, it! Is that right? Not babysitters. We'll say teen sitters.
2: I didn't know that.
1: Oh, I have another uh, psychory separation. We we skipped over. So when Henry's doing the hands on the hard body competition, his nemesis across from him is um, actually named Tom Wilson. Yeah, and Tom, the, Huge. the psychory is. Um, so Tom was in Tom and I. One of my first recurring gigs was on a sitcom called Fired Up with Sharon Lawrence and Leah Remini. Tom recurred on that as well, so we used to pass each other in the uh, craft servicing area. Do you have a side separation with Tom?
0: No, no. I, I just want to say Back to the Future.
2: Of course, he's Biff.
1: Why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? And get out of
0: here. Yeah, make like a tree and leave. Yes. Also, the way older kids will remember David Naughton, not only from American Werewolf in London, but from a famous series of Dr. Pepper ads where he sang and danced.
1: Absolutely. Shut up.
0: Oh. Because uh-huh. I remember going to American Werewolf and going like, that's the Dr. Pepper
1: guy. He's starring in a movie. I think at one point they wanted they wanted a can of Dr. Pepper on his um on his desk in the scene. And he was, I believe he oh, was oh, he, not there, really. Oh, he
2: does. He does. Yeah, he, oh, he I
1: didn't does. notice it. Is yes. there one? Because I thought. I thought. They were going to do a bit with him. He wasn't really super down for doing the Dr. Pepper (laughs)
0: gag. (laughs) I see. He was more proud of American Werewolf. I think so. (laughs) Oh, my God. How funny.
2: Okay. Okay. Hold on. I'm I'm catching us back up here. Okay. They go to the uh, the prescribing doctor, Dr. Ken Tucker, but his secretary, Myrtle, also an amazing actress, uh, says the doctor isn't seeing, Deanna Dunigan, Uh, doctor isn't seeing any new patients now and refuses to let them in. Then she receives a call and rushes down the hall to help Dr. Tucker restrain a screaming hysterical woman. Sean, of course, runs behind her desk and uses Gus's phone to take a picture of information off her computer. Sean finishes just as Myrtle comes back uh, escorting the woman out.
1: I got a shout out I had to find it in my professional notes. Myrtle is played by a multi-Tony winning actress. yeah. By the name of... Deanna Dunnigan. Deanna Dunnigan.
2: Yeah. She's fantastic. So we were so we lucky got, to get her. We got
1: some Broadway royal, royalty to come.
2: Um, okay, Myrtle cryptically warns the woman Polexia not to do anything she would regret. As Palexia leaves, Sean and Gus turn to watch her go. Then Myrtle kicks them out. They see Polexia outside, and Sean thinks the smoking hot mess... <laughs> In quotes, Devin, I love it. Looks familiar. Then Lasseter and Juliet show up at Dr. Tucker's office and tell Sean and Gus about the murdered hunters. Oh, wait. Sean and Gus show up at at Dr. Tucker's office and tell Sean and Gus about the...
1: Murdered...
2: (laughs) Hunters. There it is. When Myrtle won't let them in, Lassie aggressively pulls out his badge and gun and she lets up. Just so quick. So quick to pull the gun. That's when her, Sean remembers. And
1: she goes th- <laughs> to throw back to Scarecrow. Yeah. To The Wizard of Oz. She goes it was, yeah. it, was in, it was in Scarecrow and Dorothy. That's some good writing there, Todd Harthen.
2: There were a lot of little nuggets like that I found. I'd have to even go watch it again, I think, because they're like that. Um, okay. That's when Sean remembers that is the bartender in the picture from Stuart's birthday. They decide to go talk to her. Meanwhile, last time Julia would have gotten in to see Dr. Tucker, whose office is decorated with taxidermy animals. He tells them that Stewart is troubled and has been blurring the lines of fantasy and reality. At the bar, Sean and Gus tell Plexia they are thinking of becoming patients of Tucker's, but she hints that he won't be practicing much longer and recommends they find another doctor. When Sean and Gus return to the psych office, they find footprints leading to the closet and grab weapons for protection. That's when they find Stuart hiding in the closet, covered in balloons. <laughs> Our hero
1: again, Josh Molina.
2: <laughs> so Ooh. Gus gives him his old Halloween that costume to cover-up. That was fun to shoot. Cover up. That was very <laughs> funny.
0: And the balloons keep popping, and I am, in fact, popping them myself with a needle. Oh, Really? Yes,
2: you're doing. that. I do all
0: my own stunts. Yeah. <laughs> wow,
2: just like uh, Tom Cruise doing the Mission Impossible off of a exactly yeah,
1: yeah. Did a lot of this yeah. episode, Josh.
2: I'm surprised we haven't seen a side by side of like the the balloons and like that you know motorcycle stunt. Anyway, um, still scary to do. By the way, pop balloons on yourself. So much. Yeah, credit. it's also scary
0: to sit in a little nude thong in front of uh, forty strangers.
2: <laughs> I'm so sorry we did that to you and a couple friends. <laughs> and not sorry at this point. I spent panic. a lot of
0: this episode largely naked.
1: You do. Which you do. I just want to interject. I think because Doulet was an executive producer on the show at this point, I think that might have been some payback for the um, famous Bo-ker. Josh Molina side slap.
0: For yeah, sure. tells, Yes. Yeah, Tell the story. Of, so, there were all sorts of. Uh, Payback going on, but yeah, humili- I which, also didn't remember until I watched this episode how many people refer to how short I am and what a freak <laughs> I am. <laughs> Including, so let me, Tim. Let me like just explain like, the side yeah, yeah, slap. I'm like, wait a minute.
1: <laughs> so, the side slap for our audience who are not actors on TV when you're on set and you, you have a small version of your script, which is called The Sides, and Doulet was famous or infamous rather, for, he had a lovely gag that was. Rather annoying. He would go, and you're holding the sides on on set, and he just walk, and he just, you are not looking, you just slap him out of your hand.
2: Oh, I hated it. I hated it. <laughs>
1: hated it. So, it, who do you got think you got, got that time. from? Our pal Josh. So, um,
0: oh yeah, do it all the time. Did it three days ago at uh, um, <laughs> Thrilling Adventure Hour. Just when like people did. are walking on, just whap their script out of their hands. Yeah. <laughs> it's the. It's such yeah. a Son startling. Thing. I'm not gonna say I have a s sophisticated sense of humor, but I
1: like that. <laughs> uh it's a good one. Do you remember in the uh in Last You Come Home, there's a scene in the um recovery house where I was just it's like my second day on set, and I, I think I said to somebody, I was like, watch this, and I slowly got up and walked over to Dulai and I was walking with the cane, so he didn't qu- quite know what was going I think I handed him my cane, I slapped him out of his, I did the old side ah. slap.
2: I'm so glad you did that. Brought me the greatest
1: amount of joy because I think he was just so surprised I could even walk, let alone pull off a side slap in front of everyone. (laughs) I am so glad. One more, by
0: the way. I believe I got the side slap from my friend Andrew Hill Newman, an accomplished writer and actor, and he told me he was on some movie where everyone used to do it to each other and laugh. And at one point, like a PA, a production assistant, did it to one of the producers uh, on the set, and was like, "Ha." Gotcha. And the producer immediately
1: fired him. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> oh <my laughs> God. Like,
0: I don't even know who you are, but you're fired. <laughs> so, so careful with your side slap people. Not everybody uh, takes it in the right in Yeah. The maybe manner, just do like a uh, side
2: tab at do. first and see if it's like an acceptable yeah. thing. Or and
1: start with
0: somebody who's lower on the food chain.
1: Yeah. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. And it's not just, it's they not can't just like fire a tossing. It's, it's like, it's a really aggressive slap down.
2: You know who's kind of a hot mess? Literally everyone. Perfection is just an illusion. So just give it up already. And this is coming from a vitamin and supplement company. Ritual knows it's basically impossible to get all the nutrients you need from your diet 100% of the time. So they made a multivitamin that helps you focus on what's important, like filling key nutrient gaps to support foundational health. I love Ritual because for me, I feel like, Well, I'm very aware of everything I put into my body, and I love that I can understand the ingredients. I love the test, how clinically proven it is. Big, big deal. And I like that it's easy. There's all this in one capsule. Ritual is a clinically backed multivitamin for women, 18 plus, with high quality and traceable key ingredients In clean, bioavailable forms. With nine key nutrients in two capsules per day, their unique breadlet and oil is even patented. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is one of the few women's multis that's USP verified, meaning what's on the label is what's in the formula. It's also soy-free, gluten-free, vegan-friendly, and formulated without GMOs. Ritual has a minty essence in every bottle to keep things fresh and help make taking your multis every day actually enjoyable. Instead of striving for perfect health, aim for supporting foundational health. Great news. Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash pineapple to start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 plus to your subscription today. Stuart says that he needs help. So, he's now covered up with the balloon or his uh, the Halloween costume. Stuart says he needs help and he thinks he should turn himself in. Sean and Gus tell him that they spoke with Palexia trying to find someone to vouch for him. That's when Stuart tells them people in his therapy group call Palexia the Black Widow. She apparently, huh? yeah, used to dominate their group sessions until she threatened Tucker and then started doing one-on-one sessions with him. That's when Sean starts to think someone is using Stuart as part of their own nefarious plan because Stuart is vulnerable and believes in weird things. Sean and Gus take Stuart to hide out uh, at Willow's while they find proof- to connect Pilexia to what's going on. Juliet calls Sean to tell him that the hair they found was legit wolf hair. <laughs> Sean and Gus arrive at Henry's competition, dropping off his care package. Sean then gives his dad some tips on how to win the competition. Sean and Gus then arrive at Dr. Tucker's office just as he's leaving and sneak inside. They both hide in the bathroom as Myrtle flirts with herself in the mirror.
1: This was so funny. <laughs> then
2: the they, It was so cute. So
1: you ready the, to hop on this night train?
2: Yeah, you got ready to hop on this night <laughs> yeah, train?
1: exactly.
2: Then the boys search for Plexia's files and any snacks they can find. They discover Plexia's file is missing and find evidence that Stuart's prescription is being switched out with tranquilizers. They also find audio tapes, a receipt for a large purchase from the taxidermist, and ladies' underwear. Sean remembers watching Plexia leave and realizes she wasn't wearing any underwear. Therefore, the culprit is not Plexia. The gang arrives at Willow's store where she calls Gus Black Magic. She then, uh, this, this whole little runner was so cute. She tells him Dr. Tucker came by earlier and took Stewart away. Sean figures out that Palexia was having an affair with Tucker. She threatened to expose him, which would ruin his practice. Now, the gang searches for Polexia as the song Hungry Like the Wolf also uh, so, so perfectly suited for this episode, but also so perfectly uh, James and Todd. Um, I, I, I was like, oh, this is the, he was just waiting. I, I wouldn't even be surprised if they were like, we need to just structure an entire episode around this song so we can use it. Um. Okay, Hungry Like we'll play. Plus, now it's only Henry and, and his arch nemesis left in the car competition. While walking home in the woods, Dr. Tucker pops out at Pilexia and tells her he loves his wife but enjoys having sex with her. When she declines his attempt at patching things up, he attempts to stab her with a tranquilizer. That's, uh, and that's when Jules tells him to drop his weapon and also tells Pilexia, woman to woman, to stop using the shortcut trail also i felt like there was a miss here where i i say "ixne" on the shortcut shouldn't that have been <laughs> a or or, or cut sh- anyway isn't where isn't or that the sh- yeah it would right i i, I was feel never like that.
1: So. but also i gotta give a shout out for badass <laughs> o'hara with the with the gun drawn and walking i think you're not running but you're walking very briskly in those heels, heels in yeah. the dirt Yes. Again, another example of me being amazed by Maggie Lawson.
2: Oh, thanks, Tim. You know, it's a, uh, it's on my resume as a special skill. <laughs> After doing psych. Okay, Gus and Willow find claws and teeth of a stuffed wolf in the woods, which Dr. Tucker wore when killing people. <laughs> so weird. Lassiter tells Sean that he should have listened to him, and Sean, Gus, and Willow attempt to wake up the naked Stewart in a wheelbarrow. Sean asks Willow out on a date for Gus, and they decide to go out and celebrate once he is dressed again, thank goodness.
1: Which um, I gotta say that um, Josh in the diaper led to one of the greatest psych of all time.
2: I am Which so is just sad it doing not...
1: um Tevye's if I were a rich man in the diaper in the middle of the woods. <laughs> oh,
0: it's
2: it's so
1: And good. I remember
0: James calling me and pitching me and I, I, at the time I I'd subsequently become a huge psych fan but at the time I wasn't even really sure what he was talking about a psych out and it's a thing after the credits or during the credits and he just said something about like the you know, diaper wheelbarrow fiddler on the roof dance around I was like uh, okay, <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about, but yeah, I mean, if you're at, sure, I'm willing to do that. Yeah. Do we actually was, have? Is, well, is it
2: if I were a rich man? Is that or is, we, is it just the
0: dance? It's to hug me like a wolf. Oh, it's to hug me like I a just, wolf. I, 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 you know, I was either directed by James or somebody, or decided to do the. Uh, I think they said like do a little Tevya thing, but I, you can hear me a little bit humming uh, "Fiddler of the were a rich or, man. or if I were a rich man, I think. <laughs> but the moves are very zero
1: mustel.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. It's a tribute to zero.
2: Ah, I love it. It's so good. Psychos, go treat yourselves. And I do think we have photos from that. So they will also be posted. Sorry in advance, Josh. Back at Henry's car competition, he and his nemesis are still there, both hands on the car. That's when the nemesis mentions that the truck isn't for him, rather the students of an orphanage. Henry decides to drop out of the contest, and he lets him win. All three of them decide to go get waffles after a long day's work, and Gus is paying the Which, which was always. a nice
1: throwout to – I thought shout out to um, you and my – the last Rojera, which never made it in. Let's go get some pancakes.
2: Oh mm. yes, and oh, we had let's go, let Sloppy Joes. Remember? Wait, is my Sloppy Joes? Yeah,
1: Sloppy singer. Joes. I think was one, but I think pancakes was one. We would really try and button a scene with if we were, we were able to walk out of the scene of let's go get some pancakes. Yeah, but I loved, I loved Henry's. I want some waffles.
2: It was very cute. It was very cute. <laughs> um, that is our episode, but we have fan questions. If you're down.
0: Yeah, I, sure, of Yeah,
2: great. Okay, we kind of answered this. I see the first one here. I, um, What kind of pranks did J- uh, Josh and Dulé play during the episode? Well, we kind of learned.
0: Yeah. Uh, a lot of pranks- slapping the sides out of each other's hands. Also, when I'm a guest, as opposed to a regular in a show, I'm far better behaved because it seems more likely that I would get fired for pulling pranks on the stars of the show.
2: Oh so, no! I was probably,
0: I was probably fairly well behaved. I mean, I know we had a lot of fun. I was this was all friends, and like, and I met you guys and loved you immediately. So I didn't feel particularly <laughs> held down, but I, I was probably fairly well behaved. Is my guess?
2: I uh, I just remember having a ball. I remember this being like a, a particularly very fun. It was episode. a lot
0: of fun. I remember also we had we all went out to a big nice dinner, which was lovely, and you guys were welcoming and couldn't have been nicer. And then we went to some club that had bottle service.
2: No, we didn't. And, uh, did we do that? On
0: of course, yeah. we did that. I mm-hmm.
2: We had to. Well, yeah. we. we had... I
0: remember learning about it. I was like, "Oh, so this is what is bottle service?" It's like because uh, I guess I was not. I'm not a big clubber or never have been. And I was like, "So it's a way where you can go out with friends and pay like five times what you normally would for a bottle of vodka." <laughs> I was like what, what a great thing. I totally, I totally get it.
1: It's exactly what and it there was. there was a club on Grenville. I think Allison was with us that night too.
2: I I do think I think I remember she this was. night. Here's what's funny: we actually didn't club either. This was like. When you just said bottle service, I'm like, I can actually remember the nights we did. I can remember this because it was so few. We nice dinners, yes. Uh, drinking at the pub, yes. Uh, uh poker, mafia, yes. But clubs, oh, only a very specific few special guests got the clubs. I guess
0: when middle-aged Josh Molina shows up, it's like everyone's like, bottle service, let's go hit the club. <laughs>
1: time for a rager
0: an animal (laughs) (laughs) oh how funny that is so
2: so funny actually you you guys showed
0: me very good time oh
2: i'm so glad i'm so glad we took you to the club for bottle service me too and we have that memory um okay are you team vampire or team werewolf
0: you know i think i used to be team vampire i think post this episode i I became team werewolf
2: i love that i love that
0: Okay. I, no I, I
2: I think I would, I think I'd feel the same here. Okay. Whose idea was it to have Josh wear balloons? It must've been delays,
0: but it yeah, may have been James. The, the, the other impression I got, which I, I've never, I'd never seen before, nor have I seen since was working on a television show, which is a high stakes, you know, high budget affair where the inmates seem to be running. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the uh, That's the, the, the funniest comedy you could ever I give us. Just,
0: I, yeah, I just got the impression. I mean, I know they were both uh, producers and you guys were all the stars of the show, but everybody just seemed to be doing whatever they wanted in the, in the craziest wildest like, let's do this. Let's do that. That would be funny. Like it, it was a, it was chaotic in the best possible way. And it seemed like, oh, they can just kind of do whatever they want. That's so funny.
2: It's literally one of the next questions is, Josh is cast in a lot of Aaron Sorkin projects. How did he feel about being on the psych set with all the silliness? Like, it's... I loved it. I
0: absolutely loved it. You know, I think I imagined my career... I think of myself as a comic actor, and I imagine my career consisting of more stuff like this and less stuff like being the Attorney General of the United States on (laughs) Scandal or being a speechwriter in the West Wing. I'm always like, how do I get those parts? why can't i be naked and wear balloons more so i was delighted to be invited to play with this group of people
2: i'm so glad we could we got to uh have that experience you got to have that experience with us it was great us. fun oh i loved it we loved got to it. bring you out in that that's so fun um now josh can you- all the
1: psychos are going to put out into the universe for you for the next year more yeah. naked balloon parts.
2: yeah
0: please Absolutely. please I uh, visualize it or don't visualize it. I'll visualize it. You guys, <laughs> I'll spare you the, I'll spare you the experience.
2: Okay. Do any of you believe in the supernatural?
0: Yeah, that's a thought provoking question. I mean, it certainly really there's so much that's unexplained.
2: I believe in the unknowing of things. Like I believe in the unknowing of things. I feel like there is so much unknown that I, I would feel it. I feel naive to say, no, I don't believe in it. And at the same time, you know, you feel kind of wild to say, you do, but I, I I leave room for all of it. I really do. I yeah, think, I like that. Yeah. What about you guys? Good answer.
1: Allison will attest that I am so easy to freak out and scare. Like, and <laughs> I, I'll be like, I'll get, I can just freak myself out. There's been times where I'm like, that cold chill down the back of your spine, kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe in superstitions, but I do things like because, like, <laughs> I would never set my alarm to nine o'clock. It has to be either nine o one or eight fifty nine. Like, I don't. Even numbers freak me out. I like odd numbers. So
2: you love odd numbers, but, but even yes. numbers, okay. Let's see how far it goes. Would you sure. buy a house if it was an even yes. number?
0: I'd pay them an oh oh my Meaning address, the address. My address is an even number and it bums me out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so every so time you come yes. home.
0: So oh. the answer is yes, and I don't know if it didn't occur to me, but every time I come home and I walk by the numbers on my door, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> now it happens to ha- it's it's I've, I've made myself feel a little bit better about it because it's a four-digit number that is even, but that the the first three digits are odd numbers. So I'm okay. like, at least there's. There's a balance that I feel okay about,
1: but so it, it does just, bum me
2: out. It bums you out, but you're not, like, walking into your house every time feeling anything like, like oh, something bad. Like, like you know, because I, I, I have a, can have a superstition, too, where it's like, oh, that thing that I usually do before I get on the plane, or that thing I usually do before I go, what, oh, it didn't happen, or that person didn't say that phrase to me that I like to hear before I do this or that. Like, and then I might get, like, a panic of, does that mean something bad's going to happen, or am I just bummed out that I didn't get all, all my, like, little yeah. ducks in a row before I, I did I just the thing? I'm slightly
0: bummed about the house, but I'm not thrown <laughs> completely.
2: Well, clearly. I mean, you live there and <laughs> yeah. you love your house, but like. Yeah. Uh, well,
0: we might, we're, we might move. If we yeah. do, that's why.
1: I think. <laughs> <Just> I'm <swimming laughs> not, not superstitious. I do always the street, knock really on. What I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, right. I like to knock on the side of the plane as I'm walking through the door. <clears throat> even though I oh, am not superstitious. I'm
0: flying tomorrow, and I guarantee you my first step onto the plane will be taken with my right foot.
2: Uh, interesting. Interesting.
0: Don't I don't know why, and I don't believe I don't, I don't believe something bad will happen, but I will be compelled to do it.
2: I'm trying to see what time it is so that we can make sure we end on an even number. Oh, not end on an even number. I mean,
1: it's 2:56 yeah, right uh, now. So what's that do for you? 2:56
0: is unacceptable.
1: Unacceptable, guys.
2: Um, you guys though, that was that's just fun to talk about. By the way, I got to I got to
1: <laughs> shout out one thing, to our amazing yes. guest. So the um the side slap out of the hand is an aggressive. Some would say jerky move, but Josh has been such <laughs> a mensch to me in my life.
2: Aww. So
1: Josh is one of those guys, when I was in my recovery house, my halfway house, Josh is one of the first people in the Thilling Adventure, our um, text thread, group thread, that uh, came to visit me. Not only did you come to visit me, you showed up. You showed up, I was like, food was not easy to get there. You showed up with a pizza, which was my request. But I wonder if that, oh, meant, that really touched me.
0: I remember that visit well, and I was I was I was happy to see you.
2: (laughs) That is just so sweet. People say really nice things about you, Josh, and we got to experience that ourselves. But like, you're very loved. You're very loved. Well, nice to say.
0: I just remember how, and also like wherever you are in your career, when you're a guest on a show, it always feels a little weird. It's like the first day at school, and you're the new kid, and everybody has all their inside jokes and stuff. So, uh, and I've definitely done that. I mean, I'm like. um, I'm practically 60 I still feel that way if I guest on the show I feel a little bit shy and weird and you guys were like super warm and nice
1: guest starring on a tv show is the hardest job in show business it's very hard it's very hard you're you're got show show and, I try to just, remember
0: I try to remember that in the rare occasions when I am a series regular like be nice to the people who are walking onto the set for the first time they're feeling weird
2: yeah no it's a
0: it's so a, you it's choose always... not
1: to do the side slap to the guest stars that's kind of a nice movie.
0: Uh, well, that's my way of making them feel included. <laughs>
1: of course. But then you need to take that's 45 right minutes right to explain hands. to them yeah. while they're crying in their tra- and they walk out of their trailer. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. Oh, no, no. This, this seemed jerky, but I'm just treating
1: you the way I treat my closest friends.
2: Josh, thank you so much for being here. Have a safe flight tomorrow.
1: Josh, you truly did help us podcast the shit out of it. So you did not disappoint, my friend.
2: Should we stop right now? Because it says 259 and that's good.
0: Please.
1: Otherwise, Boom. we're going to have to go to 301. Stop. Boom.
2: Oh, this was such an insane episode. So much fun. Thank you, Josh, for coming on the show. And as always, thank all of you for listening to The Psychologist Are In. Don't forget to follow us on our Instagram at The Psychologist Are In and our Twitter at Psychologist Pod. And check out our Patreon for full videos of the episodes and more at patreon.com slash psychologists oh and if you are in the san francisco area check us out at Sketchfest on january 21st we cannot wait to meet you all we will see you next week where we talk about season four episode nine sean takes a shot in the dark
1: seeking the truth never gets old